0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beach House 34 True Crime Podcast. Today, we start part two of the Kendrick Johnson story. And just to give you a quick recap Kendrick Johnson was found deceased, um, lying headfirst in a high school wrestling mat at Lowndes High School in Georgia. He didn't have on any shoes, he just had his socks on. Uh, Shoes were found kind of tossed in the top of the mat. Evidence was found within the gym, but for some reason it wasn't collected. And at the first autopsy, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation determined that he had suffocated. It was positional asphyxiation was how he had died. The family believed that either one or both of two brothers and the sons of an FBI agent were responsible and were the ones who caused Kendrick's death. A second autopsy was done, where they found Kendrick's body stuffed with newspapers. There were no organs inside Kendrick's body. And even without the organs, however, the new pathologist, the second pathologist, was still able to make a determination that, yes, blunt force trauma was in fact used to kill Kendrick. Now, part two starts with the questions surrounding Kendrick's body, namely the newspapers and the missing organs. Now, only two groups had control over Kendrick's body prior to this second autopsy. It was the GBI, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation and the Harrington Funeral Home in Valdosta. And to make matters worse for the family, Kendrick's body and skull, if you recall, I had said they'd been stuffed with newspapers. He was stuffed with newspapers. And this is not a typical practice by a funeral home. The funeral home said, you know, we never received Kendrick's organs. They further said that, quote, organs were destroyed through the natural process. Due to the position of Kendrick when he died and discarded by the prosector before the body was sent to the funeral home. Now, this statement alone is confusing as hell, right? And if you had issues understanding what a prosector is, like I did, uh, this is essentially the person who just dissects bodies for examination. So, essentially, the funeral home is saying, hey, we didn't get the organs, we never received them, but... They were destroyed through the natural process because the way that Kendrick died, because he was upside down, it ruined them and they just, we just got rid of them or somebody did. The GBI said that after the first autopsy, the organs were placed in Kendrick's body. The body was closed and then it was released to the funeral home. So, you know, obviously funeral homes, they're licensed by the Georgia Secretary of State. uh, So they actually opened an investigation into how Kendrick's body was treated. And it wasn't until the end of January of 2014 that they finished their investigation and they chose not to file any criminal charges against the funeral home because they said, quote, they didn't violate any rules. Uh, While it's not common to use newspapers, it's not illegal. They couldn't, however, determine if the funeral home had actually received the body with the organs in place Or not. But anyway, back to the case itself. If you remember, there were around 40 different cameras around the area of the old gym at the high school. And these videos were finally released to the police, but they were not given to the Johnson family or their attorneys. In October of 2013, the Johnson's attorney requested that the authorities release the surveillance videos to them. Their attorney, Shaveen King Jr., told reporters, quote, that for some unknown reason, this tape has been withheld. Now, meanwhile, the Lowndes County Sheriff has declared Kendrick's case closed, and the U.S. Justice Department said in September that it would not open a civil rights investigation. Now, this happened not long after Dr. Anderson had ruled that he felt Kendrick had died as the result of a crime. Now, the U.S. attorney for the Middle District of Georgia, Michael Moore, however, at this point is reviewing the case and deciding whether or not to open up his own investigation. In November, he had finished reviewing the case, and he said that while his jurisdiction is limited as a federal prosecutor... After a lengthy review, he believes that, quote, sufficient basis exists to warrant a formal review of the facts. So this is good news for the family. And this announcement actually came after a judge granted the Johnsons and CNN access to the surveillance images and investigative files related to the case. CNN actually had to file suit to get access to the videos. And additionally, they had even obtained death scene images that led outside experts to question the official explanation that Kendrick had suffocated while reaching for a sneaker. So as a matter of fact, CNN had a former FBI agent who's now a private investigator look over the case and he questioned how the authorities handled the evidence, including those sneakers that had what appeared to be blood on them. And investigators, if you remember, they never collected these as evidence because they didn't think that the substance was blood. So Michael Moore, in the meantime, the uh, one who had decided to go ahead and look further into this case and say, hey, we should open this, subpoenaed more than 125 students and others to testify before a grand jury in regards to Kendrick's case. Now, once the family, remember the family now has surveillance, um, access to the surveillance videos, once they were able to watch the surveillance footage, they had even more questions. The only video of Kendrick inside the old gym where he was found was of him entering the gym and jogging to the corner of the gym where the gym mats were located. Um, All you see is just a small section of the gym of him jogging to the place and then it drops off. The camera that was pointed towards the mats was blurry. Officials said that a basketball had knocked the camera out of focus. They also described the videos as, quote, jumpy. Students would appear intermittently and then vanish. The Johnson's attorney flat out said that the videos had been altered. The school district said that the video is a, quote, raw feed with no edits. CNN had actually called in a forensic video analyst uh, who works with the U.S. Justice Department and is a contract instructor for the FBI in Quantico. He and his group went over just under 300 hours of video footage. Now, he felt that all of the videos, they're easily explained, but he did notice that there is at least an hour of missing video from all four of the cameras that were located inside the gym itself. Quote, these files are not original files. They're not something investigators should rely on for the truth of the video. Two cameras in the gym are missing an hour and five minutes. Now the missing footage begins at 1.09 p.m. shortly after Kendrick enters the gym. In an interview with CNN, the agent states that, quote, there are four cameras in the gym that record motion from the time the lights go on in the morning until the lights turn off at night, except for the area of interest. Of the four cameras in the gym, each of them stop and don't resume until well after one o'clock in the afternoon. So we have uh, camera one, that runs in, until 12.04 pm and then stops and doesn't start up again until 1.09 pm and remember 109 is when Kendrick is caught going into the gym itself. Camera 2 stopped at 11.05 am and didn't start up again until 1.15 pm again after Kendrick has entered the gym. Camera 3 also stopped at 11.05 a.m., and it didn't start again until 1.16 in the afternoon, again after Kendrick had already entered the gym. Camera 4 stopped at the same time as Camera 1 at 12.04, and didn't again start up recording until 1.09 p.m. So one of my questions was, you know, are these cameras maybe motion activated? And uh, I had read somewhere that one school official had said that, oh, yeah, they are. You know, they only activate when there are children in the area or movement. So this would explain why one camera might be off a little bit. However, if this were true, then it would have captured students walking into the gym after 1.09 p.m. And we know that this happened because surveillance video was pulled from the outside of the gym doors. And these videos clearly show students walking in and out of the gym at the same time that the cameras inside the gym stopped working, quote unquote. As a matter of fact, it shows that three people are observed walking into the gym minutes before KJ did. Also, I find it incredibly strange that during the whole time that the police are there, the EMTs are there, Kendrick is being moved out of these mats, none of this is captured on video. The only time you ever see the paramedics or even know that they were even there in the first place is that there's one instance where you see them wheeling KJ out on a um, on a gurney. The forensic video analy- analyst uh, with CNN, he continued, he's like, the video has been altered in a number of ways, primarily in image quality and likely in dropped information, information loss. There are also a number of files that are corrupted because they have not been processed correctly and they're not playable. I can't say why they were done that way, but they were not done correctly and they were not done thoroughly, so we're missing information, unquote. He did find, however, just over 18 minutes of video that does show Kendrick throughout the day in school on January 10th. Now, he comes to school at 7.31 in the morning, and he was last seen at 1.09 p.m. walking into the old gym. He ends this information saying, quote, right now, what they've, meaning the investigators, have done is leave it up to the school district as to what it is that they want to provide the police, and I think that probably is a mistake. You don't want someone who may be party to the responsibility to make the decision as to what they provide the police. At the end of January of 2014, and remember, this is a year later, an anonymous email arrived at the Lowndes Sheriff's Department and it named names of those involved in the incident with Kendrick. The email said the following, quote, my best friend was at a party Saturday night with, redacted, we'll call this person Jim, who is a Lowndes High School junior who dates, again, redacted, but we'll call this person Jane, And Jim was upset about something that somebody else had said to her. And so her and my best friend started talking. And by the end of the night, Jim had told my friend everything that the whole nation has been wondering for the past year. They told my friend what really happened to Kendrick Johnson while she was dating. And again, this is redacted. So Jim found out and threatened K.J. K.J. told Jim to meet him in the old gym after third block, and he would have his knife ready. Jim and this other person, uh, who evidently had just transferred back to Lowndes High School, met K.J. and killed him. Jim had also been heard admitting to killing K.J. more than once over the phone. His brother, we'll call him John, also got drunk at a party on the 4th of July and told many people that Jim killed KJ and that he, John, was tired of keeping it a secret. It was discovered that one of the boys mentioned in this email was the younger Bell brother, Brian. I didn't include that name within the email that I just read because, quite frankly, it's really hard to discern who is who. And I didn't want to make any assumptions as to exactly who they were referring to. Now, after the police received this email, they sent out some officers to the location of the person who was named in the email and the person they met with was 16 years old. And I'm going to assume at this point, again, I hate making assumptions, but because we have such limited information and they're all minors at this point, I do believe that at this point they go and speak with Brian. After they attempt to speak with Brian, the officers then go to the school and sat with the girl who's named in the email, and they sat down with her in a conference room. She uh, got permission with the permission of her mom. She spoke to police. She knew Kendrick, but she didn't hang out with him. Uh, They did have a phys ed class together in ninth grade. She said that he was quiet and rarely talked with her she never had a relationship with him and never talked to him on the phone but may have been friends with him on social media although she doesn't ever remember talking to him there either she then gave police her cell phone number and then also gave them a cell phone number for brian bell who happened to be the same guy obviously remember had gotten into a fight with Kendrick on the school bus. This girl met this younger brother. So met Brian at a local restaurant for a date, the same month that Kendrick was found. They then went to a school dance together in February of 2013. So this is what we have uh, regarding this, this girl rumors had begun that she was the one who had lured Kendrick to the gym where he was found and along with her the rumors also said that two others were included she had heard that one of them had withdrew from the high school after Kendrick had died so a full year later we have this email that shows up at the police department saying that this girl uh, Brian and another guy who left school after Kendrick died all mentioned as being involved somehow in Kendrick's death and We know from surveillance videos from the outside of the gym where Kendrick was found that three people were seen entering the gym just before Kendrick arrived. Now, the young man who had left school said he had met Kendrick and Brian when they had all played football together at Lowndes Middle School. He said, too, that Kendrick was quiet, he kept to himself, He never had any fight or argument with Kendrick and really didn't hang out with him. Uh, He didn't know of any other fight other than the one that happened on the school bus between Kendrick and Brian. He was asked, though, um, why he left school and why he then transferred to Valdosta High School. And he said that it was because he wasn't doing well. He wanted to start over. Other members of his family including his older brother had also attended that school. So he went ahead and transferred there. So after all of this, the police determined that this email was just based on rumors. So it didn't go any further. The family of Kendrick then filed a wrongful death lawsuit against school officials saying that their lack of action led to Kendrick's death at the hands of another student. It states that the school officials knew about an attack on Kendrick by Brian Bell, who happened to be white, during a school bus trip a year earlier, and that this student, quote, had a history of provoking and attacking Kendrick at school. Kendrick had been blamed for starting the fight on the bus. But school officials, they refused to let his mom even see the bus surveillance video. It further states that Kendrick had been subjected to undeserved, pun- undeserved punishment, humiliation, and various forms of mistreatment by members of the coaching staff of the football program, which is why the Kendrick, Kendrick decided to quit the team. Further, the lawsuit said that Brian's older brother, Brendan, confronted Kendrick and told him, quote, it ain't over. Now, this is not the only lawsuit brought by Kendrick's parents. Um, In another lawsuit, a negligence lawsuit, uh, they brought that against the South Georgia School District. It claimed that the district was negligent. Uh, And it violated Johnson's constitutional right to equal protection based on race. Late in 2014, uh, Kendrick's parents released a video that specifically focused on the two brothers the family believes was on campus during the time Kendrick went missing. Now, the police stated that the two brothers were on a bus heading to a wrestling tournament when Kendrick was last seen on video. The video shows that one of the brothers, the older of the two, uh, not the one that Kendrick had gotten into a fight with a year earlier, is seen pacing back and forth across an empty hallway just outside the gym where Kendrick was found. The video is actually two and a half minutes long. The Johnsons encouraged all of the parents of the children on the wrestling team to, quote, talk to your children and find out what they know. The older brother did, in fact, attend the wrestling tournament that day. And according to school records and GPS coordinates, the bus left the school after 12 o'clock that day. The bus was headed to Macon, Georgia, and that's about 150 miles from uh, the school. Now, I have questions here. Just because the bus left at a certain time doesn't necessarily mean that one or both of the brothers was on the bus. Maybe they drove themselves. Maybe one of them just drove himself. Maybe they rode with their parents. None of this is exactly clear to me. The members of the wrestling team, they all had to weigh in by 4 o'clock that afternoon in Macon, Georgia, and it was stated that Brandon Bell, the older of the two Bell brothers, the same one who was seen pacing outside the gym, that he did in fact weigh in, but we don't know what time he actually did. In December of 2014, now even though the case is officially closed, the sheriff's office still continued to conduct additional interviews. They interviewed several, if not all, of the students who were on the wrestling team that day or the day that Kendrick disappeared. And the reason for these interviews was that video showing Brandon Bell pacing outside of the gym where Kendrick was found. Several of the students said that Brandon was on the bus. Others weren't exactly sure. In January of 2015, the Johnsons filed a $100 million lawsuit alleging that a local FBI agent, um, encouraged his sons to violently assault Kendrick. Now this lawsuit, and I know it sounds similar to a previous one, but this one actually names 38 defendants, including the local FBI agent, his two sons, and another classmate of Kendrick, um, also included are several school officials with the GBI, um, the Valdosta, Valdosta, Police Department, the city of Valdosta, the Lowndes County Sheriff's Department, the Lowndes County School District, all of whom the family alleges conspired to cover up their son's murder. Now, in March, the Bells turned around and they sued the Johnsons in a civil suit claiming defamation. And the only reason I bring these things up is because of what happened next. In October of 2015, the Department of Justice asked a judge in Lowndes County Court to block the attorneys from collecting evidence in the civil suit that was brought by Kendrick's parents. Now, while this sounds terrible, they actually had a reason for it. They wanted the judge to, quote, temporarily stay discovery in the case for 180 days pending a federal criminal investigation. It would prevent the attorneys uh, for the Johnsons and attorneys representing all of the defendants that were named in that civil suit from deposing witnesses and collecting other evidence. Attorney King, the attorney for the Johnsons, uh, issued a notice to depose FBI Special Agent Rick Bell, the father of Brian and Brandon Bell. Now the Bell's attorney, turned around and said all three of them had actually received letters back in 2014 saying that they are targets of the Justice Department's federal criminal investigation. So then we find out that in November of 2015, uh, Michael Moore, the guy who said, hey, you know, I think this needs to be reopened, he resigned abruptly as chief prosecutor. He was the one who had the bellboys in his sights. And he was the one who agreed to look further into the death of Kendrick. You know, people were astonished. After he resigned, his cases went to then a federal attorney's in Ohio, of all places. Mr. Moore, he actually ended up working for a law firm in Atlanta. Now, the attorney in Ohio that was assigned the Kendrick case also resigned like two months later, in a Stars documentary about Kendrick, uh, we get to hear from that homicide detective that I had mentioned earlier, uh, the 23 year veteran. Uh, his name is Mitch Creedle, uh, and he was assigned the Kendrick case. and I'm not sure when he was assigned, but it was in 2015. So my assumption is that he was assigned to the case after the attorney from Ohio resigned. The problem that he ran into was that even though there were plenty of circumstantial evidence around Kendrick's case, there wasn't a lot of real hard evidence for the case to move forward. And personally, in my opinion, this is likely because, you know, the investigation at the beginning was botched. You know, they didn't test the hoodie. They didn't pick up the other shoe that they didn't think had blood on it. Nonetheless, um, with this in mind, What Mitch then did is he turned around to look at potential obstruction. And the reason that he did this was because of Brian and Brandon Bell's father, Rick, being an FBI agent. They had heard complaints. And so they began to look at what Rick was doing. Mitch discovered that every time that they would try to question a witness, they found out that Rick Bell had already spoken to the witness. They were never threatened. The witnesses never said they were outright threatened, but they felt that way. Uh, One of the girls that was potentially involved even said that Rick would go to her place of employment or she would see him outside of her job and it made her nervous. And remember, this is a minor that we're talking about. Mitch felt that all of this information led to obstruction of the case So after he had gathered and learned more, and they gathered their information, they took all the information that they had to a judge who needed to approve search warrants for several locations. And one of them was the home of the Bells. Based on information, the judge gave the go-ahead. And on July 21st, 2015, at 3.30 in the morning, Rick Bell's home was raided, looking for information related to Kendrick's case. The agents that showed up to do the raid, they came in full tactical gear and vehicles. They took their computers, they took their cell phones, um, and not just Rick's, but the children's and their mom's. Another location that had been searched was that of Brian's girlfriend. Phones and computers from her place were also seized. Now Kendrick's parents, they have long believed that one of the sons of Rick Bell, had something to do with Kendrick's death and that he had been placed in the gym mat by Rick Bell with the help of the Lowndes County Sheriff and the school superintendent to make Kendrick's death appear like an accident. I can buy into some of this, maybe not all of it, but I I see the point that they're trying to make. The Bells began to receive death threats and it got so bad that they had to leave the town that they lived in. Uh, Brian, who was listed as a three-star football recruit, already had a scholarship offer from Florida State University after this negative press came out and he was named and such. uh, FSU withdrew its offer. In March of 2016, the Johnsons turned around and they dismissed their $100 million wrongful death lawsuit uh, without prejudice. And essentially, this means that they can refile the suit at a later date now i'm unsure of the time frame here but somewhere along the way the case was closed or dismissed according to mitch creedle the homicide investigator for the case who since went and and went and uh said hey there's obstruction here he was told by his superiors that he was no longer going to go to georgia to work on the case in the documentary the stars documentary about this case. Uh, The family says that they had sat down with a group of Department of Justice representatives, and they told the family that they just didn't have enough evidence to prove the case beyond a reasonable doubt. Kendrick's father told reporters that the DOJ representatives told him that the shoe that was found under the mat with Kendrick That the Lowndes Police Department said that Kendrick was going after after he got stuck was planted. The family, however, they weren't about ready to drop the case. They filed a lawsuit, another lawsuit, against the Lowndes County Sheriff's Office. And after this lawsuit was filed, all seven judges in Georgia's Southern Judicial Circuit recused themselves from presiding over the lawsuit. Furthermore, A lawsuit was filed against the Lowndes County School District by CNN. I don't know what for or what it contained, but I did learn that those same seven judges that recused themselves from the Johnson's lawsuit then turned around and recused themselves from the CNN lawsuit. The Department of Justice further said that they were going to turn over all of the evidence they had to the FBI about Rick Bell. And as soon as this was announced, Rick Bell resigned. In 2018, Kendrick's body was exhumed yet again for the third time. And again, a pathologist looked over Kendrick. And remember, by this point in time, it's been over five years since Kendrick has died. This time, the doctor also found what appeared to be hemorrhaging that had occurred near Kendrick's right chest area. And before doing anything with this information, the pathologist wanted to be 100, 100% sure. So he sent this information to two other doctors, asking them what they saw. And they all agreed that it was definitely hemorrhaging. They took slides, they made their report, and then they contacted the Georgia medical examiner and the state attorney. Both of these entities told the doctor that they were not interested in looking at the information. The only people who have ever requested to look at the slides are the U.S. Attorney's Office. Federal investigators later said that after a review, they determined that the autopsy performed by the GBI, the Georgia Bureau of, of Investigation, remember, and these are the people that said he died of positional asphyxia. Federal investigators said that this was the more credible autopsy. And I have questions here. Why was it deemed more credible? What was the reason? And astonishingly, some of the surveillance video footage released by the school that had been kept from the family, um, after multiple attempts of getting this information, it was released, but it was so redacted that many of uh, these screenshots, as a matter of fact, entire pages of screenshots were completely blank. An independent filmmaker, and I don't know who this is, but this person was mentioned in the STARS documentary, also tried to get the files and they were successful. This independent filmmaker received not only the actual screenshots, but received them in full color. And you can plainly see that Brian Bell, on the morning that Kendrick died, was right behind Kendrick in school. The reason this is important Is that when Brian gave an interview earlier, he said that he had not seen KJ that day at all. In March of 2021, a new Lowndes County Sheriff named Ashley Polk, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, uh, reopened the investigation. Now, at the time that Kendrick had died, uh, Polk was retired he was former sheriff at the time he retired, but then he came out of retirement to take over the position. He said, quote, I need to know the answers myself. The only way I'm going to know is to look at the evidence myself. He requested that information collected during the federal investigation to be released to his department. And evidently it was. In January of 2022, the investigation was again closed without any charges being filed. Polk, the new sheriff, called Kendrick's death, quote, a weird accident. And there is nothing to substantiate a homicide. Nothing criminal happened. He doesn't mention the other two autopsies or answer why the shoe that was under Kendrick's body when he was found didn't have any blood on it, even though the entire area under the mat was soaked in blood. Furthermore, the sheriff states that, quote, alleged people involved never crossed crossed paths that day. Yet we have a video still of Brian Bell and Kendrick right next to each other on the day that Kendrick went missing. Not to mention the video footage of three people entering the gym just prior to Kendrick the day that Kendrick died. And that, my friends, is where we are today. I personally think that something did in fact happen to Kendrick and it wasn't his own fault. I don't believe that there were a whole lot of people involved in a mass cover-up, but I do think that there were enough people to screw up the investigation, or at least enough to be intimidated by an FBI agent. As I always do, I have questions, lots of them. For instance, surely there were fingerprints on the gym mat, right? Even DNA. Was this not tested? And why wasn't the blood on the wall tested and compared to those allegedly involved? What happened to the shoe that appeared to have blood on it but wasn't collected as evidence? What about the hoodie that was found? What happened to it? It's frustrating, isn't it? With that, I'll wrap this up. I know it's been really long, but thank you for sticking with me. I'd be curious as to what you all think. Do you think it is just as it seems? that he climbed into the mat and suffocated, that it was just an accident, or do you think that Kendrick was murdered? You know, Leave your thoughts in the comments. I'm truly, truly interested. As always, thank you all so, so much for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. I know that a couple of episodes back, I had told you about some merch that I was going to be giving away, and I'm still working on it. I have not forgotten about you, so it's still coming, so stay tuned. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I will talk with you soon.